Hey guys, before we jump into today's show, we just wanted to give you an opportunity to advertise your business on our podcast. If you're looking to expand your business to a wider range of people, send us an email at highlyundisputed247 at gmail.com to discuss the details. Ooh, welcome back to the Highly Speed Sports Podcast. I'm Andrew here with my co-host, Gara, and today we actually have a listener question for the first time in a few weeks. We're going to discuss uh, the pitchers and the MLB and the new pitcher checks that they can do. A lot of basketball stuff. We have a candy ranking this week, and then, as always, my random question for Garrett. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, so let's jump right into the listener question, because you have that. I don't have that information, so... I do. It comes from our friend Dennis. Shout out to Dennis. Yep. First time on the podcast. Long time listener. He wants to know. It's a fantasy question. Yeah. Yeah. In a half point PPR league, he needs one keeper. Half point PPR. Yes. Okay. Alvin Kamara, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Adams, or AJ Brown? Wow, that's tough. No. Um, I know my answer. I said it to him yesterday, but I told him I'd ask him anyway, just to get your opinion on top of mine. Boy, you know, here's the thing. Like running backs always take precedent for me. It, that's, that's always the most important thing. But I mean, if Aaron is Aaron Rodgers the quarterback of the Packers, because that's, that's pretty important. I, I, I'm going to say, yeah, I don't think there's a way in hell that Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback this year for the like, Packers. Here's the thing, though. You're not going to have that opportunity to know potentially if you're making your keeper selection. So if you're concerned that Aaron Rodgers isn't the starter, Devontae Adams is out. But if Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback, of the Packers, I would go Devontae Adams just because Camaro without Drew Brees, I don't know what he's going to look like. And as far as PPR, like AJ Brown isn't really the best PPR receiver because he's not really, you know, a 12 to 14 catch a game guy. He's more of like a five to seven catches for big plays. So, I, I mean, I guess it's Adams if Rodgers is the starting quarterback. Who, who's the other option? Calvin Ridley? No, I don't think it's Ridley. I guess it would be either Adams or Kamara. Okay, so my answer does not matter whether Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Packers. You're just at all. you're just going. It's Alvin Kamara. Okay. It, all right. Running back, like, and I I tried explaining this to him last night, and he knows. Like, I, I, oh, I explained yeah. to him, he already knows. For those of you that don't know, Dennis, Dennis yeah, we, like kicks our ass in fantasy, basically. Well, no, it's it goes back and forth. Dennis and I are rivals. That's the big issue here. But I'm still gonna help him out. It, it's Alvin Kamara. It, running backs take precedent over wide receivers, especially if you have a top six running back that you can get. Wide receivers are so easy to find midseason. There's always like seven or eight breakout wide receivers every year that you can pick up on on the waiver wire or even like if you take Ridley or or Kamara as your keeper, you can still take Devontae Adams with your number one pick in the draft if you're worried about that. Or you could take a DeAndre Hopkins or you could take, I mean, it depends on who everybody else keeps, but Devontae Adams is now able to be drafted and that Alvin Kamara has to be well the thing for me is like you got to nail your keeper pick like you have to nail it it has to be right and like Kamara just scares me a little bit this year just because I don't know who the quarterback's gonna be 
It, if it's Jameis, we know Jameis is not a checkdown guy. He's just not. And a lot of Kamara's production comes off of the checkdown. So you're, just just, you're losing a little bit of passing. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned with what his production's actually going to be. He's still a top five running back in the league. They're not going to be able to run the ball that much. They're going to be down. They're going to be trailing. They're going to have to throw. And we know how Jameis is. So that, that's what scares me with him. Like, I would still, if, if Rodgers is not the quarterback, then Kamara's my answer. But My question for you. It's draft day for us. And mind you guys listening, our draft, our main draft that we do is non, it's, it's just standard scoring. There's no PPR, nothing. Well, I like to do a couple PPR drafts on the yeah. side because I prefer that. Like, so you, you get to your pick, say you have pick five and CMC's off the board. Derek Henry's off the board. Dalvin Cook, Cook's off the board. Pick four, I'll say, because that's roughly where I would be drafting Kamara at. All those three guys I have over. Okay, Kamara if you're asking year. me where I'm drafting a player, no, so you get to pick four. Are you taking Alvin Kamara? Or are you taking Devonte? I mean, I'm not going to take Devonte Adams at pick four because the running back position is the draft position is more important. But if I'm picking a keeper, like I'm taking a player, I'm keeping a player on my team that I think is going to have the most production. Like if I'm drafting four, I'm taking Kamara because by the time I get back there's not going to be a running back option. But you have to think of who, whoever... Everyone else is going to keep running back. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I understand that. So when I'm picking Adams, I'm hoping... If I pick Adams, I'm hoping that by the time I'm drafting, Kamara's available or someone else is available. Because other guys might keep their running backs and take wide receivers. It, I, don't, I don't... If you're dealing with a bunch of smart people... Also PPR, you got to remember. The catches matter. It's half point. Yeah, it's still half point. So that's that's big time. And Devontae Adams, if it's Aaron Rodgers, is going to have what 115 catches. If I had the number one pick after I kept, say I kept Christian McCaffrey, and then I get the number one pick, I'm still taking Alvin Kamara if he's available. I'm not taking a wide receiver because I'm still going to get an AJ Brown in the second round. I'm going to get a Calvin Ridley in the second round. I'm going to get a good wide receiver in the second round. So then I have Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and a good wide receiver from the second round. That you're starting off with two of the top five running backs in the league and a great wide receiver that's going to get a lot of targets from Matt Ryan this year if you get Calvin Ridley. I'm still just concerned okay. with the with the Jameis thing. All right, that's I, fine. That scares the hell. Like I don't have my running back rankings yet, but Kamara's not where where I would normally have him. That's fine. So my answer is Kamara. Your answer is Devontae Adams. No, no, my my answer is if, if Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron is, Rodgers the is the starter, it's Adams. Okay. Devontae Adams' production is ridiculous. He's going to have like 20 touchdowns and 120 catches. Like It's, it's ridiculous if Rodgers is the starter. So it just is. This leads us into a good segment of, or a good transition into us announcing our fantasy episodes that will come out mid to late July. And I'm looking, we still have to figure out the details on what days it's going to be, but we're going to do a weekly fantasy episode. It probably will come out on Thursday, if I were to guess, early Thursday to get you guys ready for the, the next fantasy or that fantasy week. So I'd look ahead for that. There's more announcements to come on that just to give you guys a little heads up on that right there. But, I mean, if that's all you have, we can move into the fun baseball stuff that's happened over the past few days. Yeah, let's get into baseball. I don't have much to say on the fantasy. I mean, when football starts back up here, when training camps start, football is going to dominate here. Oh, yeah. You know. The NBA draft is July 29th. Free agency starts like August 3rd. I mean, that's that's going to be a week and a half of big news, but 
once that ends, NFL dominates for the next six to seven to ten months. Like, yeah. it's going to dominate. So I'm excited. I can't wait for this NFL season. Can't wait for fantasy. Stressing a little bit about losing some money, I'm sure, because we've never seen Garrett have two good years in a row, and last year Garrett had a good year. So I never stress. Yeah, you never stress until you don't have a quarterback, and then you can't right. score any points and you lose. So baseball. We're in a, we have a crisis. Yes, and I know we've said before we don't talk about baseball, but we actually know what we're talking about right now 100%. Can I say this about baseball? So we agree that boxing, like the sport of boxing, is dying or almost dead, right? Yes. When is the only time we talk about boxing? When there's a mega, mega, mega fight or when there's a scandal? Speaking right? of Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury yeah. 3 is coming up That's later coming this year. pretty quick here. When do we talk about baseball? When there's a scandal or when the World Series is on? Yeah. That's a serious problem for Major League Baseball. So here we go again with another scandal. So last week, Major League Baseball, really, or was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before, week before they announced the ban on foreign substances. They released yeah, the memo. Yeah, I think it was actually last Wednesday they released yeah, the Yeah, it ban. had to have been. Yeah. And then it went into effect that Friday. So obviously if you guys follow this... They released the memo, the ban on the KY jellies and the spider tack and sunscreen, sunscreen rosin, anything. You the can't have anything can as a pitcher. Yeah, like, you better be dry up there. So Monday, they started the random searches on pitchers. And who better to start off with than the best pitcher in baseball, the best Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> like, comes out, throws 300-mile-per-hour pitches to Ronald Acuna, leadoff batter, and then strikes out the next two batters and then gets searched on his way out. First words that come out of his mouth is, really? You're searching me? Granted, you asked me a week ago, I would have said every pitcher in the league is using some sort of spider tech or some sort of substance to get their spin rate up because... If you're not, you're crazy. You had to compete, and you weren't going to get in trouble for it. So, like, Trevor Bauer even said, if you're not doing it, what are you doing? Like, I've never used it before. I'm now using it because... I need to compete with all of the other pitchers. So, they searched Jacob DeGrom. He only gets searched once, which was good. They didn't find anything. Just thought it was funny. You searched the best pitcher in baseball right away. Next day, two pitchers get searched, which was yesterday, Tuesday. And not only did they get searched once, they get searched multiple times. Max Scherzer got searched three times. First, fourth, and sixth inning? Yeah. They checked him, I think. I mean, first of all, Joe Girardi of the Phillies should be ashamed of himself for that bullshit. That is ridiculous. You were a former player in the steroid era, and you're telling me that you're going to make Scherzer get checked three times? That's ridiculous. And props on to Scherzer. Like, he got searched for the third time, and the first thing he does is he stares down Jill walking to the walking to the when, dugout. When he started taking his pants off, that was the greatest thing. No, I've he ever didn't seen. take his pants off. Yes, he did. Yeah, thought, he started. Oh, thought, he started thought, undoing his belt. He did. But then Sergio well, I think that's forced now. Oh no, he started doing it, and they're like, no, 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 you're good. Well, Otani got searched it, today, and he had to undo his belt as well. Oh, maybe they're so just they must doing be it. Checking inside of the belt. Maybe they are. I I didn't know that, but. Romo's last he night, Sergio Romo for the off. A's, pulled his pants down because he got checked twice too, right? Yes. I, I, could, I wasn't watching that game. I just was not into the A's game, frankly, but I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It, 
look, I have a problem with the spider tack and because that's that's not a natural substance that's been manufactured to to produce greater spin rate. I don't have a problem if you have fucking sunscreen on your neck yeah. and you're wiping your neck and putting sunscreen on the ball. Why should I have a problem with that? Like, I don't. Okay. It's the same thing. Like, I have a problem with the Astros using technology to steal signs. I don't have a problem if you're standing on second base or if your base coach notices something or you just happen to steal a sign. I don't have a problem with that. But if you have cameras in the outfield and you're st- like, okay, n- all right, now it's baseball though. Yeah. If you're not trying to cheat at baseball, you're not like, trying to win at baseball. There's a difference between a runner standing on second and trying to read what the catcher's giving you as a sign. If you're not doing that, you're not smart. Not for nothing, when Tatis earlier this season looked behind him at what the catcher... I got no issues there. Yeah. Do a better job which, of hiding which, your signal. Which was funny because Bauer even told him afterwards. He's like, if you want to know what I'm throwing, I'll tell you. Like, like I've done it before. I'll do it again. I yeah. do not care. No, I have no problem with that. I've always been a... I've never had a problem with steroids either. I, and I've made that clear. I don't have a problem with steroids in sports. I don't. I understand, you know, why steroids are banned. It's not just because it's cheating. It's because of the monetary effects of it. I understand that. But you know what? If you were playing in the fucking 90s and you weren't trying to use steroids and then you complained about guys using steroids later, that's on you, bro. You should have been using them. Just like if you're a pitcher right now and you weren't using the substances and now you're, you know, wow, those guys were cheating. Why weren't you cheating? Yeah. There was... Everybody was just okay with it. We were going round and round, and then the, you know, the the league average dropped. It was two thirty, which is bad. That that's bad for league average. And now all of a sudden, the position players have a problem with it. So you have a problem with the other teams doing it, but your team is good to go, right? Like if you're on the Yankees and Garrett Cole is obviously using something to make the you know the largest pitching contract in history, you're good with Garrett Cole, but you know everybody else. Now that's a problem, right? Like, come on. Really? And we're going to see, like, if nothing gets done. So, like, right now, pitchers can get checked as many times as they want. Coaches can request for them to get checked as many times as they want. Clayton Kershaw brought up a very good point last night. Yeah, absolutely. He said in an interview after their game that if coaches request you to be checked multiple times in a game, like Joe Girardi did, there should be some sort of punishment. You should not be able to go up to a pitcher in the middle of an inning and request them to be checked. Why? Because then that turns into a mental game. You're you're messing up their rhythm, you're getting all in their head, and you're forcing them to potentially start throwing bad pitches. And that's fucked up. You shouldn't be able to have an advantage over the pitcher if you're a coach. So I'm hoping that the MLB realizes, oh, well, what Joe Girardi did is very fucked up, so let's start penalizing coaches that ask for it multiple times with, without, with, with failures being every single one of them. I just think it's childish to request it more than once. I think it's childish. I mean, I, I don't think it's... So I think it's childish without any evidence. So say you have a... I, I mean... You mean like the Tulane pitcher? Yes. Like where he was tapping his so, glove and, and we're just going to check him for no reason? Like, I mean, no, because that's a good one-time check. We see that he's just doing it as part of his routine and getting the batter's head. I'm saying so... I'm just going to throw Jacob deGrom out there. I'm not... I don't think Jacob deGrom cheats because I just don't. I'm pretty sure all these guys were using... Oh, something. I think all like, of them were. Come on. But I don't think Jacob deGrom needs to. I, don't I think, think he, he was just either. doing it to be on the same playing field. But so let's say Jacob DeGrom comes out and he throws like he did to Acuna 300 mile per hour fastballs and they're perfectly in the plate. Perfect. Right down the edge of the plate. And then four innings later, he comes out and he's throwing 
103. He's throwing gas. Yeah, but you know? that but with higher spin rates and all that stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I want to check you with, with and if that fails, if that fails, why? If you checked him in the first and he was throwing triple digits, why are you checking? No, him in I'm the saying there was no there was no. Oh well, I mean that's one check. Whatever. If you if if this is what we're gonna do, if we're gonna check, if you're gonna check yeah, my but you guy, you get checked in the first and then still put it on in the fifth. So I'm I saying, guess. I'm I mean, saying if you're well, here's rates, the thing though. They're checking them after the game. They're taking their stuff after the game, and they're checking balls in between innings. They're also doing that. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're checking balls between batters and innings. Then so after the first check, I think it's unnecessary. It, it is unnecessary. And like, you, you want to know where this is going to go, right? Like, where? Where, where does baseball always go anytime there's bullshit? We got to start drilling, guys. You know that's coming. Oh, you want to check me? All right, fine. Well, I'm going to peg your shortstop next inning. Oh, you... you you checked my guy twice now? Well, guess what? Yeah, it's going to become an new unwritten rule. Guess what? You You're getting thrown at your yeah. head. No, like, it's going to add to the unwritten rule bullshit that the MLB, ha- well, the MLB has in quotation marks because they're not real rules where, oh, you check a pitcher more than runs, you're, you're getting thrown at. Your MVP that, That's is where this is going. At. It's and, where it's going. And that's another bad part of, of baseball. And I don't really want to get into the unwritten rules because I don't know all of them. The list is way too long. And I really don't care about any of them. I have like... That's part of the thing that's killing baseball, and that's another thing I won't watch for. And there have been players like Trevor Bauer that have said unwritten rules of baseball is what's killing the sport of baseball. So there's a little baseball rant. I don't think there's any more we need to cover. That was pretty much the gist of it, other than like pitchers are starting to get checked every single game now. Well, I'm, ju- I'm just waiting to see how far this escalates because I don't, I'm not going to go any farther, but now you've pissed off the pitchers. Guess what ends at the end of this season? The collective bargaining agreement. And guess what's not going to happen? Players able to come to an agreement and go after the owners. So guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a lockout. So the owners are going to get locked out. There's not going to be baseball or there's going to be a delay in the season. That's coming because now pitchers are pissed at position players. Because yeah. this, is, this is on the position players. We were, good for, we were good with this. Pitchers have been using substances on the ball for... 70 years, this has been a thing. And I think there are still going to be pitchers using substances on the ball. Like, yeah. If you don't think pitchers are going to find a way to get away with using substances, whether they put it like in their jersey or what, they're going to find a new spot to put it. And I don't care what anybody says is that this is not going to go well. Like, You're going to get these bad pitchers in the league that are like, I'm not going to have a job unless I start using that substances again. So he's going to find a way. Whether it be... He puts it on a water bottle or a cup before the game, and he walks out with just a little bit on his fingers and then walks back in the dugout with none of it on. Like, there's going to be ways that they get through this. Last baseball thing, does Shohei Otani win the home run derby? I'm going to go no. It's, never the, it's usually not ever the favorite. I want him to, but I don't think he does either. Isn't Vlad Jr. in it? I believe so. If Vlad Jr.'s in it, that's who I'm taking. Okay. I'm because gonna go with Shohei just because I love him so much. But see, here's the thing: like with the with the home run swings, you you gotta just have a big cranking swing, and Shohei's more of a smooth swing, and that doesn't always work. Like that's why Prince Fielder always won it. Josh Hamilton was really impressive because they were just we're swinging for the downs kind of guys. So I, I gotta see the rest of the field. I haven't really. Check the field. I know that those two are in it, I believe, and couldn't tell you. Who yeah, I'm not it. sure who the rest of the field is, but I don't think Shohei's going to win it just because he's the favorite. Usually, the favorite doesn't win. Yeah. 
So your pick is Vlad if he's in it, and mine is yeah, Ms. Shote, who has been confirmed that he's in it. Yeah. All right. Basketball. Yes, sir. It's been a lot, a lot of basketball stuff that's happened over the past week. And, I mean, by a lot, I mean a lot to us, a lot to fill some segments, and a lot for us to talk about. Um, why don't we start off with the downfall of the Philadelphia 76ers? I mean, I've been calling this all year. I told you they, they just, they're not that good. You can't get into a postseason series. They can't win in the postseason. No. Like, Ben Simmons is afraid to take a shot in the fourth quarter. He so took glad. three shots in, in the entire series in yeah. the fourth quarter. Like, what is the saying? Like, you don't miss 100% of the shots you, you don't you, take? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. Well, he doesn't miss 100% of the shots he doesn't take. Oh, he still misses. Well, like, that's true. Because then they get free throws, and then those free throws get missed by the player that Ben Simmons passed the ball to. Like, I want to know why you're getting paid millions and millions of millions of dollars to be afraid to take a clutch time shot with a minute and a half left in an elimination game in the playoffs. You're down, th- we're down two or three at the time. I don't remember. It, the, it's been a few yeah, days. It the score matter. is not off the top of my head. Ben Simmons gets the ball, does the, a little hesitation step, wide open at the basket. No, he did a spin move. That's what it he is. He had a spin move, and it was Trey Young on the other side of the basket. Yeah. And, and he failed to dunk Instead the of ball. you dunking the ball Passes and giving your coverage. team way more energy to go further, you pass the ball away. To your Matisse Thibel. Yeah, Matisse Thibel gets fouled and then misses a free throw. Like, Embiid, he didn't put the blame on Ben Simmons, but he put the blame on Ben Simmons. They okay, but him. let's... All right, well, Embiid's got 16 turnovers in game six and seven. I mean, let's... Yeah, no, let's I, cool it down no, there. No, I understand Listen, that. Embiid is not out of the question of the realm of blame. No. He deserves blame. Like, let's be real No, here. I agree. But Because in the game that they really blew it, he went 0 of 12 in the second half. No, I agree. But I will agree that the turning point of the se- game seven... Oh, yeah, was, was, was the missed was dunk. The, or the no the dunk. The passed up dunk yes. to the missed foul shot. And then, like, that's what it was. And now, after talking about that, what does the future of Ben Simmons look like to you? Ugh. <sighs> Well, you got to figure out what his trade value is. As you, of right now, you not can't a lot. bring him back. They're, they cannot run this back because here's the problem: Philly has no assets at all. Tobias Harris is not a contract that anybody's going to take on. Like a team will take him on, but you're not getting anything back for him. Like you're not going to get a valuable asset in return. Okay, you're not trading Embiid. Oh, maybe you are trading Embiid. I mean. If if your you, answer, you might as well fucking trade him now because if you don't win next year, he's call he's gonna call the front office and be like, "Yo, Daryl, I'm leaving for Miami in two seasons." If you're trading Joel Embiid, you also need to trade Ben Simmons. Fuck it, start over, start the process. No, all you can't. Over again. You can't. You can't go to those okay, fans. Then you're keeping Embiid and you're trading Simmons. Because if you, if you're a Sixers well, yeah. fan and your organization trades Embiid and keeps Ben Simmons, they're gonna burn Philadelphia to the what, ground. What are they gonna do? What's what's Daryl Morey supposed to do here? Hey guys. Remember that Michael Carter Williams year? <laughs> like you remember that? That was fun, right? Yeah, let's go do that again. You can't, you cannot put the fans through that again. The Sixers, they won't trade, do it. Sixers should trade for Kyle Kuzma and then trade Ben Simmons and Kyle Kuzma to the Shanghai Sharks for like a washer and dryer and call it quits because Ben Simmons. I'm not even going to talk about Kyle Kuzma. It was just as an example of another player that needs to be gone. Ben Simmons needs to be. Not a starting point guard on any team. No, okay. Um, here's the problem. 
The problem is Simmons on a team with Embiid doesn't work because Simmons needs to assume the role of the dunker position. He needs to be Draymond Green, okay? When is Draymond Green most successful? Small ball five on the Warriors with shooting everywhere, okay? Why is he successful in that situation? Because he can pass, he can handle, he's a great defensive player, he struggles to shoot, but he's also not afraid to shoot, so I'll give Draymond that. Simmons is afraid to shoot. He, he is terrified to shoot. Finish. Okay. shouldn't be the starting point guard on a team. He should be starting on teams. Oh, okay. He uh, should I, I not thought be you a, were going no, 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 with no, point no. guard. All right. No. All right. Like, I, I tweeted when they lost that Ben Simmons should be playing in Europe next year just as a joke. Like, Ben Simmons will be on a team. He's, he's not good enough to make good, a Europe team. He's good enough to start, but there's almost part of me that's like, he shouldn't be a point guard. He's, a, he's afraid in crunch time situations to take a shot. And why are you putting the ball in the hands of a guy that's A, afraid to take free throws? And no, no, not afraid, not just afraid to take free throws. Af- can't make free yeah. throws. Like, why is the why is the ball getting put in that guy's hands? Why like you have Trey Young on the opposite side of the ball who always gets ninety five percent of the time gets the ball on inbound. Why is the why is Ben Simmons the comparison to Trey Young in that situation? Why is Ben Simmons always getting the ball? Like, give Seth Curry the ball. Give somebody else the ball or move his position to a small forward, power forward-esque player. Well, that's that's the problem with Philly because you already have Embiid in the dunker spot on the floor. So you can't pack the paint because you need Embiid in the paint with space. The problem with Simmons, he can be a point guard, but he he has to model his game after Giannis. He's not LeBron James. And he's also not Giannis. He could be. He he could be Giannis, but he really needs to be Draymond Green. That that's the answer to the yeah. Simmons question. He needs to be a, a, a small four. Yeah, I, he needs to be a small ball five. Yeah, not a four, a five. Small ball five. He's six ten. Yeah, he's got to be a small ball five. Like and and how bad is like the all defensive team looking right now? Because we could sp- I could spend forty minutes <laughs> talking about how much how shitty Rudy Gobert is. You know he's like my least favorite player in the. Yeah. He, he's my most overrated player in the league, but I mean Simmons is. Yeah, we overrate him, but that's because you know people want him to be something that he's not. Like he's never going to be LeBron James. Well, that's why I don't think Philly's the answer for him because I think all of Philly fans they look at Joe, they look at Ben Simmons, they're like, he's the answer to our problems. If it's not Joel Embiid, it's Ben Simmons, and he can't be. You no, he's just not. Ben Simmons cannot be, and Ben Simmons is not the best player on the Sixers. But nobody's disagreeing with you. I on don't that. think Ben Simmons can be a top two player on a team, either at the point guard or anywhere on the on the court. I don't think he can be that for. I think he could be a very good number three option, third best player yes. on a title team. That's, so that's where you're at with like him. Like my my thought on that was, I was thinking of what what do they do with Ben Simmons? And trade is also trade is an option. The Celtics came to mind. He's a good number three. I'm going to shoot you down no, right now. Just, That's All right. Go, yeah, I mean, go Tatum ahead. Tatum at the one. Brown yeah. is your number two. And then Ben Simmons will be your third best player on that team. Like, did the Celtics want Ben Simmons? No. All right. I'm, I'm going to say no with a little bit of a question mark because you don't know. But I feel like if they did, Kemba for Ben Simmons would have been offered. Yeah, well, that's, that's over. So. Yeah. And then I think, oh, well, do the Thunder want to trade for Ben Simmons? Because, well, we got Kemba now. We could just skip the process of Kemba going through the same Presti rehabilitation camp 
to trade back to the Celtics in a year for another first-round pick after he gets good again. And we could just trade Kemba to the Sixers, get Ben Simmons, and put him through that camp. But does Ben Simmons kill the dynamic of young players that they have in OKC? Yes. I think that's a big issue. Because he doesn't He doesn't fit in OKC. Because but, you have Shea. Yeah. It, that's not going to work. Here, here's the other problem. Philly can't afford to trade him to a team where they're only getting picks back. Yes. Or they're they just need, getting they some players. young assets. That What are you going to do? Go to Joel Embiid and like, like yo, bro, uh, we just traded Ben Simmons. This for is great. Three first for three picks. first round picks, like two years down the road. And he's going to tell you, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. I want to go to Miami. Like that's, that's going to be his response to you. you that's not going to work. So look, the, the Boston thing, yeah, that's already been floated. I mean, it's, they, it's past they, now. You are they can Kemba. make No, you can make it work without Kemba. You're get, it's like Marcus Smart, a sign and trade with Evan Fournier and two first-round picks. That's, that's the deal. Yeah. Like, that's the only deal they can... Which, th- yeah, that's not a bad package. You're getting an all-defensive guy in Smart, and you're getting Fournier, who's, you know, a 40... Or he's a 38% three-point shooter, and, you know, he's solid on defense and can handle the ball a little bit. But, you know, I mean, I'm not excited. But then again... What package is Ben Simmons getting you that you're excited about? Yeah. To people that think it's going to be C.J. McCollum, it's not going to be C.J. McCollum. No. The, <laughs> the Blazers are not trading C.J. McCollum for Ben Simmons. They might as well just be like, okay, well, we'll be the ninth. I actually saw a lot of people saying, why don't we trade ben Sim- try to trade Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard? And I was like, no. Like, why would the Blazers ever yeah, want to do that? the Blazers are not doing that. Like, I don't think the Blazers are trading Damian Lillard to start, let alone trading for Ben fucking Simmons. So, I don't know where Ben Simmons, where, where they could ship Ben Simmons, because I don't know who sends them a reasonable offer, that right. where, where both teams win. So, let me give you some options, because, like I said, you're not, you can't take picks back. I mean, you're gonna, you might get a pick in there. But you have to get a startable player. Yes, there, there has to be some level of player that you can turn to Embiid and say, hey, look, we got you something. Well, that's where the This Kemba, can work. That's where the Kemba trade, whether it was Boston and now it's OKC. And for those that don't, if you for some reason don't know, Kemba is now on the OKC Thunder along with the OKC have Boston's number 16 pick and Boston has Moses Brown and the future second and Al future Horford. Future second and Al Horford, yeah. So that happened. Oh, yeah, big but news, yeah, big news. Not really. really. Let me give you a couple trades. Okay. These I put these in the trade machine. They work financially, whatever. Pacers get Ben Simmons. Philadelphia gets Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon. I'd probably do that. So Brogdon has got two years left on his deal at $21 million. Lamb is on an expiring at 10 and a half. So you're adding a shooter in Lamb who's, you know, 6'5", 6'6", and then you're adding, obviously, a point guard, ball handler, pick and roll guy with Embiid. Yeah. Right now, if you make that trade, is Philly any better today with that trade? They have a better team after that. Yeah, I think so. You think? Yeah. Okay, so you uh, think Brogdon yes. and Lamb makes them how much better? Like, like are they enough good enough to, to beat, beat the Hawks? They can beat the Hawks into the East Conference okay. Final. All right, can they beat Milwaukee or Brooklyn? Brooklyn, healthy Brooklyn. Is that is it healthy Brooklyn? All three. The stars Brooklyn are there? that just lost to Milwaukee. No. Exactly. So why did you why did you even ask me about that healthy <laughs> well, thing? I, uh, what? Well, they lose well, to because, Brooklyn in six, my, or they lose to Brooklyn in four. I mean, come on. It's either going to be no or f- no. Okay. Like, 
and Bucks. No. Also, I, also, remember when you told me that they shouldn't have made that James Harden trade? How yes, good is that looking I've right now? I've messed up on two NBA things massive, in the past month. Massive trade. The Bulls and the Magic, which now we're going we're we're to get, get into, into that later. That. We're going to get into and that now later. I answered no to wanting James Harden, and now look where we are. Okay, so let me give you the second one I got. Also, I like that move for the Pacers. The problem is now you have Miles Turner, Sabonis, TJ Warren. And then Simmons goes back to being your Karis second Levert. option. I don't think he's a second. Or, well, he's not a second option. He's your third or fourth because Levert, TJ Warren, and Sabonis are all better than him. I think they're all be- they can all score and shoot. So I like that. The problem is you're really big if you're Indiana. Small guards are going to be a massive problem for you. But I do like that deal for Indiana. I think that elevates them to a top five team in the East. I do. I think that would make them a top five team. I'm, I like Brogdon, but I don't like him with the set that he has now. Because there's, there's not enough shooting around him. I think the lane is a little bit too clogged, almost. So let me give you my second trade. The Spurs get Ben Simmons. Philadelphia gets Derek White and Devin Vassell. Derek White is 26. He's making 15 and a half a year. Devin Vassell was the Spurs' first round pick last year. He's 6'5", and he's making four and a half over three years. How did Devin Vassell, did he make an all-rookie team? No, he did not. If I'm the sixer, I'm not taking it. Very good shooter. Not not doing anything for you? Derek White's a good player. No, I, I understand that, but... I'm what if I throw in a first round pick? Maybe. You would do it on a, Maybe if, if there's a first, a first in there? a future second. Okay. Like a wait, like two, 2027 second. Then now there's a better package the Spurs can put together, but I wasn't going to put a DeJounte Murray package together. I think DeJounte Murray and something for Simmons gets it done. Well, I think if you're the Spurs, you want to keep yeah, you want DeRozan keep, and DeJounte. Well, with, DeRozan's a free agent, so you can't move I, him in a trade. I think they're going to re-sign DeMar DeRozan. I don't think that I think the Knicks are getting him. I really like him on the Knicks. So we're gonna have the Knicks fans are gonna have hope again and then losing the first. No, 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 because hear me out on that. I don't want to jump on the Knicks for very long, but the Knicks really needed somebody that can get a shot in the postseason, and like DeRozan fills that role. I really think he's gonna be a Nick. I think that that's like a smart basketball decision for them to go get him. Yeah, because you still want your young guys to like develop, but you also want them to win, and I think that keeps them relevant enough. Like, you know, they're gonna take a slight step back next year, but. They could still be a seven seed with that team. Yeah. If they add DeRozan. So but that, anyways. That Spurs Sixers shit. Would you do it as a Spurs as the Spurs organization? If or I'm the, the Spurs, if I have to throw in Murray, I'm hesitant, but I would possibly do it. Depends on what the second piece is. If it's the Derek White, Devin Vassell, and a first or two firsts or whatever, I'd still do it. If you're the Spurs. If I'm the, the Spurs. Sixers. If I'm the Sixers, it's probably a no, but you know, if, if I like Derek White, which I like Derek White, he's a good player, and I think Vassell can really shoot it. It would open up a little bit of cap space for you, too. I mean, not something where you can go out and get somebody, but you'd be able to have a full mid-level exception, which if you don't know what a mid-level ex- exception is, it's basically an open rot- or it's an open contract spot that you can have. Every team has one, but depending on what your salary cap situation is, it's either $5.5 million or $9 million, so... Having the full mid-level at $9 million is a big deal. And if you traded Simmons and didn't take a lot of contracts back, you'd have a full. You know, that's that's a big bargaining chip to be able to use to sign somebody. So, 
I would do it if I'm Philly because I think you got to get rid of Simmons anyways. And if you can get Derek White and a shooter back and a pick, I, I would do that deal. Also, there's a Jakob Pertle deal, but like he's too much of a, of a center, I think. Yeah. Um, I have one more for you. This can go a couple of ways. The Raptors get Ben Simmons. Oh, this was pre-lottery? This has nothing to do with the lottery. Okay. There's no pick involved here. You, you think? The, well, the, no, no, no. I was. I'm trying okay. to like think of the Raptors' future. Also, gotcha, gotcha. The Sixers get either Fred VanVleet or Pascal Siakam. It's one of the two. And Already Chris Buescher. Already, you're know. you're out. Already so, know. is if it's Fred VanVleet, are you still out? Yes. And if it's Siakam, you're out. Yes. You're out if you're the Raptors because so Siakam. I, I see where you're coming from that. He's been underperforming, but I, I also think Pascal Siakam be, can become a very, very good he's player. He's 29. It, yes, but... I don't think he's getting any better. So, But also with that, I'm also thinking of the Raptors now have the number four pick in this draft. Correct. So you're getting a point yeah. guard. Well, they're getting something. You're, if you get unlucky enough to not get Suggs or... I they're getting they're for the Suggs should be there. I don't think he's going in the top three. For the majority, they're going to get a point guard. They're going to get some sort yeah. of guard. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Well, here here's why I like it for the Raptors though. If you move Van Vliet, I would want to keep Siakam, but if I have to move Siakam, I could I could stomach that because I still think Ben Simmons is a good player. If you move Van Vliet, you draft a new point guard and you add Ben Simmons to Siakam, Ananobe, um you know, yes. TBD and then point guard and Fred Van Vliet. I like that roster because you're putting, you're having Ananobe and Simmons on the floor at the same time. So what, what is their starting lineup looking if they trade Van, Fred Van Vliet? If you trade, if you trade Van Vliet, you'd be looking at your first round pick. Yep. You'd Probably be looking Suggs. at, yeah, most likely Suggs. You'd be looking at Ananobe, Siakam, Simmons, and then, it's a combination of like Rodney Hood or you're going to have a mid-level guy or a free agent. Or you might even re-sign Kyle Lowry, but I don't see that happening. It I, I love you explain it. Because Nick Nurse, the way he likes to coach, being super malleable with his, with his lineup, just having a bunch of 6'10 guys out there, I love that move for him. Now, losing Van Vliet hurts because I think Van Vliet's really good for them. And he fits what they like to do. But that lineup does sound good. If you have Ananobe, Siakam, and Simmons on the floor, yeah, your shooting's not the best, but your defense is like the Raptors don't shoot well as it is. They they win with defense and their guards. You their have guard to transition scoring. Ben Simmons into being a full court guy. Because in Philadelphia he's a half court guy. Well offensively. Offensively, he wants to play full court. But the problem is when they get to the postseason, it becomes a half-court game. Yeah. And that's where he struggles. You would have to turn him into what I think Giannis is supposed to be in the postseason, where it's you throw it to him on the low block and he makes it work down there. But I like that lineup because if you add Suggs and you add another guard ball handler to that lineup, now you're playing three guys that are 6'9 and up, and then you're playing two small guards that are going to be tough. Like, Suggs is going to be good defensively. We know that. He's just going to be a good defensive player. I'm assuming you had picks involved. No, like no the, picks. The, so I think was, Van... If, 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 it was a straight-up one yeah, for one. Yeah, if, if Philly was lucky enough to get Van Vliet and Busher, like, that's a pretty good deal for them, I think. 
Van Vliet's really good. Like I, I'm not the no, biggest but fan I'm of saying, his, but like, he's like really good. If I'm the if I'm the Raptors, I don't. I would probably want to pick. No, oh, you're not. Philly's not throwing any picks. They're not going to throw picks. No way. They don't have any picks. They're out. That's true. They owe they owe two picks to Oklahoma City. They owe yeah, one to Miami, and then they owe one to uh, Sacramento or Chicago or something. They they don't have picks. Out of every trade that you, out of the three that you gave me, that sounds the best for a trade to be done. Which one do you like best for Philly? Van Vliet. The Van Vliet deal? And Chris okay. Boucher. And you like that one for the Raptors the best as well? Yes. So what if the Raptors can pull that trade off and keep Lowry, and then they add Suggs? Where are you at with them? I don't really think they need to re-sign Lowry. What if they do, though? Because there's a strong possibility they do I mean, just to retain the asset. It's more point, more point guard death. Because yeah. here's the thing, like, if they lose him for nothing, they really don't have a contract spot to open up. Like, nothing opens up for them. They're just losing an asset. So if they can keep Lowry on a $28 million deal, they still have that contract slot. I mean, yeah, having Lowry there anyway just makes it sound better, but I don't really think they need to at that point. Because I know I'm saying Ben Simmons should not be a point guard, but... Coming down to it, say your third rotation, you have Ben Simmons as your as your point guard in that rotation for like four minutes. You can get away with that. Like, he got Philly to the playoffs. He, they made it to the second round. They made it to a game seven against the Hawks with Ben Simmons as a starting point guard. If in your third rotation, Ben Simmons is starting for at point guard for four minutes, every time they make that rotation, so probably four times a game, two times a game, it's eight minutes. I think they're fine with that. I I think so. Yes, I like that trade overall the best for both teams. Doc Rivers overrated. Yes. Doc Rivers choke artist. Yes. Doc Rivers only has a title because he had four future Hall of Famers on his roster. Yes. Thank you. That's all I have to ask the court today. We're good <laughs> on that one. Another victory lap for me, by the way, on that one too. I've been saying he's overrated for a while. All right, we had the NBA lottery last night as well. How's Andrew doing, you know, 21 hours later? Mentally fucked. <laughs> All right, so for those of you guys that don't know, there was a lot of implications last night with the lottery. A lot of teams moving up and down. A lot of teams losing picks. Um, do you have the the Warriors got fucked. What like, do you mean I feel they got so, fucked? Not fucked, but I feel so bad for the Warriors. Why? They have pick 14 and then, what, eight? They got seven. Oh. They got the Timberwolves pick. Like that could have gone top three, and they wouldn't have gotten it at all. What do you mean? What are you talking about? The I, Warriors I mis- are like okay, the big I winners. I misunderstood the night. implications of the Warriors pick. My fault. My oh fault. Oh my god! All right. So for those of you guys who don't know, the Pistons ended up with the first pick. They're getting Cade Cunningham. Fuck them. I'm so not the biggest upset. Cade guy, but you know he's uh, he's going to be number one. Like that's not a question. And here's where the Thunder's sorrows begin. So, Oklahoma City had the rights to the Houston Rockets pick if the pick fell out of the top three. So, Andrew last night was sitting there watching the television, praying to God the Rockets pick was fourth. And just like that, it was second. And Andrew lost out on one dream. There's one pick down the drain. It's just gone. There it goes. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder... Still thought they had a chance at top three, top four pick. Well, I was hoping we got the top four pick. 
top three pick, and then we got the Rockets at pick you, four. You were hoping for pick one and four. Yes. That's what you were praying for like, last night. We had 11.5% chance to get the number one pick. Didn't fucking work. We got the pick we were meant to get, number six. Fine. <laughs> it hurts a no, little bit. No, 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 no. This is a five-player draft, and you know it. What were it's, my first? What were the first words I said when I saw Thunder at pick six? I don't remember. What did I say in the group chat? I really don't remember. I said the same word three times, all caps. I said "fuck, fuck, fuck," and then I saw the Rockets got picked two, and I said it again. Like out of just, everything I was hoping for, everything went wrong, and that's as much as I want to say because we just got to see how the machine works in OKC with all the picks they have. Let's see if they can make the amount work. Didn't get lucky this draft. Maybe they get lucky next year. Maybe they figure out a trade to trade up this year. I don't know. The big thing for me with with the lottery is the Bulls. Oh, yeah. Easily. The Bulls. And you were I, right. I'm taking the lap on this you one. You were right. And I hate that I had to say that. But that trade did not work out for them. When you're not a team that makes playoffs regularly... You don't make deals involving first-round picks that could be lottery picks. Like, you just don't. And they lost out on the eighth overall. Don't you think the eighth overall pick would have been nice to have in this draft for them? I mean, even though it's a five-person draft. It's a five-player draft, but, like, like the next seven guys are still good players. Like, you'd have a chance at Davion Mitchell. He's going to be good. And I think he's going to be the best player out of this draft. No, he's not going to be the best player. I think he's the most NBA-ready right now. Yes, he's the most NBA-ready, but that doesn't mean he's going to be the best player. Whatever. But listen, like, Chicago totally blew that trade. Oh, yeah. And I called that. I mean, I I said, this is a dumb trade. You're going to have a lottery pick. It's going to be low because all the Western Conference teams, their records are better. They're a lot better than yours. And the East is not very good. It's going to be top 10. You don't want to just trade a potential top 10 pick and just lose it. Like, you lost it. Cleveland Cavaliers got the third pick. I hate them. We know the NBA rigs the lottery. Like, we we know that there's something going on in there. Can we stop rigging the lottery for the Cavs? This is ridiculous. How many many top five picks do they need? Seriously. Well, they've had all these picks and done nothing with them. You get LeBron. So you get LeBron in 2003. Oh, miraculously, the kid from Akron, Ohio, goes to the franchise that has basically been in the doldrums of the NBA since 1992. Okay, you get him. Then, that guy leaves, and, oh, you get Kyrie Irving, too. Don't worry. And then, right as that guy's about to come back, after you screwed up the Anthony Bennett pick, when you could have just had anybody else, Victor Oladipo, I'm not going to say Giannis, because nobody knew about that, but Victor Oladipo, you get the number one pick again, and you get to trade that for Andrew or for Kevin Love when it was Andrew Wiggins. You could have had Joel Embiid, but you know you screwed that one up too. And then you get top five pick after top five pick after top five pick. This is ridiculous. Third again. I have nothing to say about it, but it's ridiculous. How many times are they going to end up in the top five? Can they get anything right? They need to move the franchise. They got to get it out of Cleveland. It's- Let's move the Grizzlies back to Vancouver. And let's move the Cavs to Memphis. No, no. Actually, I like the Memphis team. M- Memphis is a great city for basketball. I just basketball. love the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah, but no, no. We need to. We should do that for a podcast. Let's let's move a couple teams to new cities. I, I think we should do that. Let's do an expansion draft one one podcast. No, I think we should just move teams to new cities. All right. 
But anyways, Toronto jumps from seven to four. That they're the big winners on the night, yes. if you ask me. Like other than Houston keeping their pick, Toronto going from seven to four is well. Just that's massive. that's why I was saying that Ben Simmons trade doesn't even need to happen because you're getting Suggs. Probably getting Suggs. You're getting one of the top four. It's most likely a guard. You're happy. And if you get unlucky enough to where Mobley falls to you, then oh well. Yeah, I don't still- think Mobley's the one that's going to fall, though. Who do you think falls? Uh, see, I kind of like Mobley to Cleveland. Okay. I like... See, I think Mobley's let me going just, to the, to Let me Houston. just give you something right now. I think Cade's going one. Oh, you don't have to say I think. I like Jalen Green at two. Okay. Because Houston really just needs a scorer. Now, hang on one second. Can you enlighten me on the G League thing? So, out of high school, you can choose to now go you overseas, can. go into college, or play in the G League? Play, no, you can play on one specific G League team. It's the G League Ignite team. Okay. They are taking select high schoolers that want to take that path. Okay, because I was really confused because... I, I didn't know that there was a, a guaranteed... I don't follow anything in the G League. I don't even know who's on G League rosters for the most part other than Poku being on the Thunder's G League roster for the first half of the year and then coming back in the second half and f***ing us. <sighs> it's all right. No, it's not. You but, guys went to the sixth pick. So you, should, you could add like Because I was four. confused about that last night, but now that like, it all makes sense that there's a specific team yeah. for So, yeah, he, he's, he played in the G League last year. I think he's going to... Him to Houston, like him. he makes a lot more sense for them because they just Suggs to me doesn't isn't what they need. They just need a wing that can score, and wings to me are so much more valuable than point guards are. Like I would just pass on them, and I don't think they're ta- uh, the Mobley. I don't think they're taking Mobley out of USC because they have Christian Wood, and I like Christian Wood. Cleveland, they're the weird ones. I could see them taking Mobley. They're not taking Jalen Suggs. They have two point guards already. That's not going to happen. Kaminga is an option here. I also could see Davion Mitchell as an option here. That would make me so happy. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? And then that leaves Toronto at four with Suggs. Orlando gets the fifth pick, and they also get eight from Chicago. Also watch Orlando with five and eight to trade up to three. I was just going to ask you that. I think they should just trade up to three. They should trade up to three and try to get Suggs. Yeah. Or Mobley. One of the two. They shouldn't take Mobley because they have a history of taking those 6'10 guys and just none of them work out. So, if I was Orlando, I would trade up. And if I'm Cleveland, I would absolutely do that deal because I would rather have picks five and eight where I can add more depth to my roster because you already have Sexland. Like, they have those two guys. They've got Sexland. They have Isaac Okoro. They got Jared Allen. Like, I like their core of young players. They need more depth of young guys. So that's where I would go with them. Okay, see, it's God, that's so funny. So uh, my thought is if if it doesn't work out to where one of the top four fall to you, which it's 95% likely it's not going to work out that way, do you – I understand that I'm the Thunder fan, but if I If you're saying you, move back, no. You, you, you are stay not. stay at six. Yeah, you're not moving back from six. Like, what are you going to do? Move back to where? Well, I wasn't even going to say maybe move back. I would say try to package all three and trade for somebody. I mentioned that to you last night. See, here, here's the problem, though. You don't want to... The best picks you have are your own. Because 
you can at least control them. The Thunder pick, or the, not the Thunder pick, the Rockets picks, the Clipper picks, you know, the, the, the Philly pick, whatever other picks you guys have. Like, you can still control your picks. You don't want to win too many games. I, I'd rather suck, you know? And who are you getting? Like, who are you getting with 6, 16, and 18? That's the question. Probably nobody. Unless you're throwing, you know, next year's first, four yeah. more. You know, like, I, I would rather just make the selection. Well, no, I would, too. I was just wondering if there's any way that yeah, you Yeah, like, I, I know you have dreams of Carl Anthony Towns and yeah. and Bradley Beal, but that's that's not happening. Like, And here's the problem. Like, you guys trading for those stars, do they guarantee that they stay with you? No. No. Not at all. Minnesota, I think, is the biggest loser on the night because, man, how bad does that D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins trade look? Yep. Like, you had to take on D'Angelo Russell and you had to give up a first-round pick to take him on? Like, I'm sorry. Now you're looking at Anthony Edwards and you're like, he can't help you. Well, right now I'm looking at Carl Anthony Towns and being, why are we making concessions for this guy? He can't even get us an eight seed in the playoffs. So, do you think they have leverage to say we didn't, we don't have our first round pick? Why don't we trade Carl Anthony Towns to get one of these? I would trade him anyways. What good has he done you? No, I agree. He's they've been in the playoffs one time, and that was because of Jimmy Butler. It wasn't because of Carl Towns. It's because of Jimmy Butler. He he's like overrated for them. He's not getting you anywhere. And D'Angelo Russell's terrible. He's terrible. Jarrett Culver? Jarrett Culver sucks. Like, there's just, there's nothing on that roster other than Anthony Edwards and Carl Towns, and I'm not moving Anthony Edwards. As much as I don't like him, like, at least he has something to be excited about. Carl Towns has done nothing for you since he got there. Yeah. I mean, that's probably about it that we have to do. Yeah, I don't don't have to go any farther. I mean, you know, Chicago obviously loses their pick. The Pistons are the winners. Oh, yeah, they get Kate Cunningham. Like, they're getting Kate Cunningham, and if they screw this up and don't take him, well, they screwed it up. Is this another Trevor Lawrence situation? Like, you kind of have to uh, No, I mean, Cade. he's just going number one. He's the best player. Like, this isn't like football where, you know, like positionally, sometimes you draft. Like, the NBA, you just take the best player available. Okay. You should never not take the best player available. Yeah. Unless you're picking, you know, like the 26th pick, then you do the reaching. But you just don't reach in the NBA. You shouldn't. It, it, there's no reason to. Yeah. All right. Let's move into the set in stone aspect of basketball right after we take a break. All right, so shout out to the NBA officials last night for wasting 30 minutes of my life. Yeah, I'm very happy I fell asleep with six minutes left in the game. Yeah, you're lucky. So for those of you guys that don't know, Suns-Clippers game two was last night. 90 seconds to go in the game. Clippers take the lead, go up one. And it took 33 minutes. 33 minutes. This is ridiculous. And I, I mean, I've done this before. I can spend... 30 minutes talking about how bad officiating is in the NBA. I don't care about, I want us to get the call right, but if we're going to literally kill the pace of the game, I'd rather get calls wrong. Here's what I think we should be reviewing. I think we should be reviewing three-point toe on the line, uh, goaltending, and that's about it. And like flagrance. Yeah. That's it. We don't need to be looking. Or no, if, go I, ahead. see. I like. I, I disagree to an extent. I like the challenge, the coach's challenge on, like, out of bounds calls. But 
like they already lose a timeout. But why are you able to do it multiple times a game? Okay, that but there's only one coach's challenge. Inside of two minutes, you can request an out of bounds review at any time. So every time the ball goes out of bounds, we have to see the spinning fingers in the air from every single player on both teams because really what it is is they get an extra timeout. So you want to know how you fix that? When you go to review, players must stay on the floor, cannot have contact with their coaches. Because the Suns won the game last night because the Clippers wanted that review. It gave the Suns an extra timeout to draw up the out-of-bounds play to, to, the, to the eight and dunk. Like, that's why they won the game because they, had an, they didn't have a timeout. So if the officials call ball out-of-bounds, Suns ball with .9, and it's just a free-for-all, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get a 36-foot three-point shot. You're not going to get a down screen by Booker to an alley-oop from Aiton right over the top of the basket. Like, you're not going to get that set up. It's not going to happen. But because of that review, that was allowed to happen. And, you know, that screwed everything up. I think the thing that irritates me most is that somehow, some way, even with all the reviews, the officials have not been consistent. There's no consistency. So you see one play gets reviewed where Pat Bev knocks the ball out of Booker's hand and Booker Booker's hand was the last hand to touch the ball. Which is ridiculous. And then it's, that and then rule it's the is Clippers, the worst rule in basketball. And then it's the Clippers ball. But then I didn't watch the end of the game, so you would explain to me, because I didn't watch any of the highlights yet. I was too busy today with work to watch them. You would explain to me that when they got the ball in the corner, there was the play where it touched Booker's hand last and then it was still the Suns' ball. No, no, no. So what happens is... So with 9.7 seconds left in the game, they, the Suns inbound the ball after Paul George missed the two free throws. Yes. Okay. Booker swings it to campaign, who then swings it to Bridges in the corner. Bridges gets a three. Off the rebound, um, Nick Batum ticks, tips the ball. It hits DeAndre Ayton's hands, clearly goes off of Ayton, and they call it Suns ball. They go to review and still award the Suns the ball. It's clearly off of DeAndre Ayton. Like, that hit him. There's no way it didn't. It yeah. went at his hands and touched him. So how are you getting all of this time to review play, review these things and you're still getting them wrong? Like, is it just bad officiating? It, it's. Is it just, do you think officials get to this point in the game and they're like, I don't care anymore? No, I, I, some of them, I think there's a spotlight thing. I really do. Scott Foster's one of them, and he had the game last night. Like, I think some of them enjoy, honestly, having an effect on games. I don't have a problem with officials getting calls wrong in general. I, I get, I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm good with bad calls. But when you go to a I'm, review, right, and you, then I'm you get bad it wrong with. Again. We have to stop the game for seven minutes, look at it from ninety different angles with close-ups and all this other shit. Take the human element out of it and still get the call wrong, and you take the momentum out of the game, like, that's terrible. Oh, yeah, 100%. If, if you're going to get the fucking call wrong, just get it wrong. I'm, I can live with that. They got calls wrong for decades, and it's fine. Like, we, we've moved on. But as soon as you bring replay into anything, and we see it in the NFL, well, that's what, what, what just... do we do every NFL Monday? We talk about what, official, what call the officials got wrong that decided a game. Just get rid of the replay, and then there's no. It, it is what it is. Well, I was just going to mention that in the NFL, like when they're going over the replay, there has to be clear evidence that to be able to reverse calls. And well, that's NBA, that's what they call it in the yeah. NBA too. But well, but there should be no question about out of bounds calls, whether it's clear, because 
unless it's a ball where two fingers are on the ball at the same time, one finger of two players on the opposite teams, and then like they leave a millisecond after each other. That is the only time they should be getting these calls wrong. Like in a situation where it rolls off of Aiton's fingers, you why? How are you that? I just I don't understand how in hell you get that wrong. So here here's the one that really drives me nuts. The Pat Bev play from last night. Devin okay. Booker's dribbling the ball. Pat Bev knocks it out of his hands. Yes. Okay. And it, Pat Bev clearly knocks the ball out of Devin Booker's hand. And Booker's hands. hand kind of rolls Booker's, with it. No, Booker's fingertip yeah. is the last thing touching the ball. If it goes off of Booker's foot, knee, hip, I'm good with that. That's Clippers ball. I'm not good with Pat Bev knocks the ball out of his hands and just because Booker is like his fingertip is still on the ball. No, I'm sorry. That should be Sun's ball. That's ridiculous that we're calling that. Yeah. Like you called Sun's ball on the floor because the only reason Devin Booker lost control of the ball is because Pat Bev swiped it away. So because it gradually grazed Devin Booker's hand, but that his hand on the ball had no impact on it going out of bounds. You're calling that. That's the worst call in basketball. It's awful. As soon as you have to freeze frame it and zoom in a hundred times to look at that, I'm no longer good with replay. I'm not. I'm good with it if Bev swipes it, it goes off Booker's knee, and then it goes out of bounds because Booker's knee changed the, the trajectory of the ball. His hand on the ball last night did not change the trajectory of the ball. That should not have been called Clippers basketball. And you know what? Ball don't fucking lie because Paul George proceeded to miss two free throws right after that. Yeah. All right, prediction for the series, what do you got? Suns are up 2-0. Chris Paul comes back. I think the Clippers win one at home. I think the Clippers win the first one at home. Um, second one, I'm going to say I'm gonna say the series goes, goes six. I'm going to say the Clippers win the first two at home. Suns go back, win it, and then win again on the road. Clips have been my ride or die. Sticking with them, Clips in six. I'm rolling oh, with okay. it. I'm rolling with it. I'm not I'm not dying. I'm going to this hill to die. So you think the Clippers can win I'm, in Phoenix? I'm gonna win four straight games with the Clippers right now. Okay. I'm taking it. And they got they got the Suns right where they want and them. And that's <laughs> and that's reasonable. Like I, I don't think that it's like, oh, I'm gonna say that the the Suns are gonna win. I want the Suns to win. For rooting purposes, my NBA champion is the is one of the Western Conference teams. So yes. if the Suns beat the Clippers, I'm good with it. Yeah. But I'm picking the Clippers because I'm rolling with oh, the Clippers. I, I agree. Uh, and if the Hawks win, I'm going to pick the Hawks. I like Hell no. Give me Chris Paul. I like Paul. Carter. I like, yeah, no, I, I like the Hawks. But, All right, let's, let's, no, I brought if up the, the Hawks. Suns, if the Suns win, the Suns are my ride or die. Okay, for the rest that's, that's your But if team. the Clippers right. win and the Hawks win, I'm picking the Hawks over the Clippers that I want to win. Speaking of the Hawks. Yeah, let's, real quick. Yeah. Bucks Hawks first game is tonight. Who wins game one? This is in Milwaukee. I'm going to take the Hawks tonight in game one. I'm going to take the Bucks game one. Overall series, who do you take? I'm going to take Milwaukee in the end because I think Atlanta's going to struggle to create shots for other guys because the way that Milwaukee plays defense, it's all about running guys off the three and staying home on the shooters. Yeah, Trey Young's going to hit a lot of floaters, but that's not going to change the series. I also think Atlanta has no answer for Giannis on the block. I'm also going to take the Bucks in six. Okay, so 
I think Milwaukee might have figured something out against Brooklyn that you have to, and I've been saying this for a while now, I don't care about Giannis shooting threes. I care about Giannis playing like Shaq. Left block, pounded in home, baby hook, drop step, dunk, whatever it is to get a shot in the paint off, off a post up with Giannis, that's what he should be doing. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Is you, you brought this up the other night to me, and I, I get where you were going with it, but I completely disagree. Are you holding Kevin Durant accountable for losing in overtime? Like are, um, are you are you is that a legacy thing for you? Are you holding him that against him? I wasn't gonna say Kevin Durant as much. I think even bringing that series to where they did, I gotta give him the most credit because he was playing by himself for the most part. James Harden came back, and James Harden really didn't do much for the Nets overall. I mean, Fat James. <laughs> you weren't all in on Fat Dude, James. Dude, he's loving New York. He's eating. Oh good. yeah, he's he's eating. Them good New, New York, York bagels must be filling him up. Like a couple slices. He's clearly but, been hanging out with Portland, like, right? Get I think. Slices. <laughs> I think I asked that question a little bit too prematurely because, wait, I Durant hit the first shot, and you you sent me, holy shit, Kevin Durant. Yes, and then he missed. By the way, did you watch ESPN the next morning? He wears a size. Yeah, so thir- I was actually going to bring that up. He yeah. wears a size thirteen shoe recreationally. During the game, he wears a size fourteen. Right, and had he been wearing a size thirteen shoe, it's a game of inches. That's game over. Oh yeah, it's, I mean we're talking about that shot as like a top, top f- three, top four, top. Let's see, Kyrie, MJ. Ray Allen, those are the three greatest postseason shots, I think, of all time. We're talking about it as the fourth greatest postseason shot of all time, I think. Probably. I mean, as a fucking dagger to send the Bucks home, just absolutely bury their hearts. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so he airballs the one in overtime. And by the way, both teams just a million percent gassed in overtime. Yes. The Bucks. there was a minute there, I didn't think the Bucks were going to score a basket like, what, in overtime. Three points scored no, no. in overtime? So... The Nets score on the first possession of overtime. It's 111-109. Not a basket is scored for three and a half more minutes. Yeah. Not a point was scored for three and a half minutes. They basically were out there jogging up and down the floor. I texted you. I said, I don't no, think either nobody one of these wants, to win, wants to win this game. So then Durant misses the shot at the end, which you then proceeded to message me, what does this do to Kevin Durant's legacy? And I then proceeded to ask you, are you on crack? No, like, I asked all three of their legacies. Okay. Oh, you. I think the text just said Durant, though. Maybe. Because I'm three. thinking to myself, the dude just hit the shot of shots, and he's exhausted. He just played 54 minutes. Because me thinking about it, I was like, you have one of the greatest teams I've seen in a while. Like, I mean, you had the Warriors team, and that's... No, 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 no. Collectively, it's the greatest collection of talent yes. ever. And then, like... I didn't. I, I it was way too much recency bias. I didn't take into the fact that Kyrie didn't play, James Harden didn't play a lot. Like, you're a Thunder fan. You were trying to find a reason to knock yes, Durant's legacy. Like, and and as someone that likes to knock Durant's legacy, like I'm there with you. But no, no, you you yeah. can't you can't have two, actually three of the greatest postseason games I've ever seen in my life back to back to back. And have your legacy hurt. Well, yeah, it's now Wednesday, and I'm like that. that if anything, it helped him. 
you went game seven against Giannis, who could be who could go down in history as one of the best players of all time. No, that ship sailed. I think. Shut up! It Listen, sailed. Don't talk for once. Whatever. You went game seven overtime against Giannis, who could be one of the best players of all time. A team that has three very very good players, with Giannis, Chris Middleton, who is a very good shooter, and Drew Holiday. And by yourself with. Almost no help from James Harden because James Harden was non-existent in the playoffs. Almost beat the Bucs to go to Eastern Conference Finals. And I think the Nets, even with just Kevin Durant, would beat the Hawks easily in an Eastern Conference Final. Oh, I mean, what are we talking about on that one? A really hot but, take out of you. But, yes, it, it was a great, great game. I, I That was probably... I was hyped for Kevin Durant to hit that shot. And then I was so hyped when he missed the shot, too, because, like you said, I love to hate the guy. I, I, I have to hate the guy. I love him, but I hate him because he left. And now I see Kevin Durant and James Harden playing together. So, I mean, I retract, I redact my statement of does it tarnish their legacies? No. Maybe James Harden's a little bit. No. But you, like, I'm not holding anything yeah. against Harden. I'm holding it against Kyrie because he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Do you realize how Kyrie's last five seasons have ended? Injuries. So 2017 loses to the Warriors in five games. 2018, he goes out with an injury. The Celtics team makes the Eastern Conference Finals, takes LeBron to a game seven. 2019, he quits on the Celtics against the Bucs and absolutely is just, he plays like garbage, doesn't try on defense. 2020, injured. Yep. And then doesn't go to the bubble even though he was healthy. 2021, injured. Like that's Kyrie's last five years. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe I, he shouldn't I, have I left Big you. Brother in Cleveland. Yeah. But whatever. Um, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Okay. But we did mention. Did we mention earlier? Boston did hire a coach today. They didn't. Okay. So the Celtics didn't have a coach for a minute there. They hired Ime Udoka, former Spurs assistant, current Nets assistant, now the head coach of the Celtics. He's black. Okay. He's an African American. Jay Williams, you know, ESPN, Jay Williams, okay. tweeted immediately after the hiring, the first head coach of color for the Boston Celtics with the black power fist. Yeah. And then even more importantly, <clears throat> he is one talented individual who has paid his dues. Really, Jay Williams? The first black head coach for the Celtics, huh? We do know that the Celtics <laughs> were the first team to have a black head coach, right? Bill Russell, 1969. <laughs> like... Really? Real? And then, oh, by the way, Casey Jones was our head coach in 1986 for our title with Larry Bird. R- Doc Rivers. We've had Doc. <laughs> Did we forget that Doc Rivers was a head coach of the Boston South? Really? Really? So there we go. Once again, ESPN, you know, can't, honestly, that's fireable to me. That's just, you played in the NBA. You're the second pick in the draft. You were the second pick in the draft. That's that's a fireable offense. You don't even know that the Celtics were the first team to have a black head coach. Like, I come think that's on. funny. That's awful. It was taking down pretty quickly. But LeBron James also tweeted about it because someone else tweeted about it. And he was like, there's no way that Jay Williams got this right. Like, he, ne- he definitely didn't say that. And then someone screenshotted it to LeBron. So Twitter's all over it. They're taking care of Jay. Did he delete the tweet afterwards? I think he deleted it. But I think LeBron still has it up. Um. All right, are we doing the question first or are we doing the no, ranking when first? When have we ever done the question I first? I think I ask this every week, and we every week you guys tell me 
where I'm wrong. No, it's ranking time. All right. All right so we need a sound effect for this. We do. We do need a sound we effect. We also need for something this. for question, random question. But we only have four soundboard places. Yeah, we only so. use two of them. Well, we have two more to give. So. so, candy. Any candy at all. We didn't limit it to like candy bars or anything. Anything that you consider candy can be on this list. Only 10. I'm going to let you start, Garrett. Actually, Tamara hasn't said anything. Yeah, Tamara, I'd what's like your to number hear 10? Her number 10. The little like Sour Patch Watermelons. Getting specific. Okay. Oh, all okay. right. All right. I have uh, the trolley sour worms. Okay. Love a sour gummy worm. Like, that's my 10th. Love that. I'm nothing gummy at number 10 for me. All I right. have Kit Kat. Not even on my at list. 10? Not even on your list? I don't like Kit Kat. I'm going to tell you right what? now. What? Spoiler alert. Twix isn't in my top 10. Oh, my God. Break Twi- me off a piece also- of that. Mm-hmm-hmm. Face Come face. on. Twi- Twix Football isn't in my cream? top 15. Oh my God. Twix is disgusting. So left or right Twix? Like, come on. Twix would probably be in my top 15, but it's not in my top 10. No. Wow. I would get more specific with my 11, 12, 13, and 14. So Twix didn't make my 15. So we have Kit Kat. We have Watermelon Sour, Sour Patch, Patch Kids. Kids and Trolley Sour Worms. Yes. Tamara, what is your number nine? Peach Rings. Oh, God. Can't talk shit. They were my number 10 until I realized they shouldn't be. Oh, gross. My number nine is Three Musketeers. Little low, I think. Little low, but See, respectable. No, you're just wrong. I got Mounds. got Mounds Bar at number nine. Not even Love a good list. Mounds Bar. Nope. Not even It's here. It's really the only coconut that I like, to be honest. <laughs> like I hate coconut, but in a Mounds Bar, love a good coconut. I'll lead off number eight with something that's probably not on either of your lists. Milky Way. Nope, it like almost them. made the list. That was a number 10 candidate. This was my candidate. This candidate. was my childhood <laughs> candy bar. If I'm going into the gas station when I was younger and I'm picking any candy, Milky Way bar. Easy. Easy number eight. What about yourself, Garrett? We got Crunch Bar. Number eight. Not Disgusting. even on my list. Love a crunch bar. Do you have anything <laughs> on my list, Joe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. My no, top- so far, I'm saying. Oh, I'm... No. No, oh, I don't geez. think so. <laughs> All right. I have the Haribo, like, red and black berries. Like, the... I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you know about. what I'm talking about, Garrett? The little, like... Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I do know what you're talking about. Wasn't in front of the mic there because I was typing <laughs> real quick and I yelled out yes. <laughs> but that's okay. It probably got picked up anyways, so... Is it my turn again? If you want to start number seven, go for it. No, I don't want to start seven. I'm typing something out. Right All right, now. I'll go do ahead. seven. Peanut butter M&Ms. Yum. They're not on my list. But I really Should like be them. higher, honestly, but I get them so rarely that I can't put them higher. Okay. And seven's such a good number. Well, I mean, why not put them there anyway? Tamara? Uh, the Albanese gummy bears. I still have no idea brand. what you're talking Albanese? about. Albanese? Yes. What does it matter on the brand? Because I like every flavor of them. Usually gummy bears, like I never get Aren't gummy, gummy bears, bears all the same flavor? No. no. They're not? I haven't had no. gummy bears in so long. Like We'll get to gummy bears in a little bit. Wow. All right. Um, You guys remember the Gertrude Hawk bars? Like, oh, you'd buy in no! School? <laughs> you'd buy them in school for a dollar. Everyone had the box. I didn't even think of those. So... 
I could have probably made a list of all of them, and that was my <laughs> list. But I just picked one. The peanut butter bars, those Not were even, pretty good. But, but the dark chocolate raspberry ones. So thank you for picking. Oh, my god! Thank you. Those are the best ones, I think. The dark chocolate raspberry. Fuck a Kit Kat bar. We're putting those at number eight. Everything else moves down. Milky Way, nine. Three Musketeers, ten. Honestly, should be higher. The best thing ever is when you let the dark chocolate melt in your mouth a yeah. little bit. Oh. So it was it was a close one between that and the coconut custard. Though that you know why I, I liked that one? It didn't actually taste like coconut. It just tasted like like Boston cream filling. Super good. Super good. I, that was what I was just changing because I originally just had a Hershey's dark chocolate bar. Because I love dark chocolate. I'm a big dark chocolate guy, but then I looked at it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The dark chocolate raspberry from Gertrude Hawk, like, gotta be in there. All right, so take us off that high note into your number six. Didn't, did you give your seven? Yes. Oh, yeah, the, the gummy, gummy bears. bears. And then yeah. would you have it seven? Peanut butter MMs. Peanut butter MMs. Okay. I have Twix. Disgusting. Love Twix. I, I don't know what your problem is with like Crunch Bars, Twix, and Kit Kat. Like, what I the think, hell, I man? I think a, a chocolate bar should be smooth for the most part. Like, I mean, like Snickers, for example, they have the that peanuts, but after that, it's smooth. Like Twix, it's a it's a little bit harder of a bite. Same thing with Kit Kat. That's why, like, I would don't even want Kit Kat on my list. But it's but it's not a hard bite. Like it's a crunch, and then you're done. Like Snickers, I hate Snickers because it sticks to your teeth, and it's like the peanuts are just not that good. I just think you're wrong. Like, I don't want whole peanuts in my candy bar. I want crushed peanuts. They're not whole peanuts. Aren't they whole? I don't like no, Snickers No, they're, they're at like all. cut in quarters, I think. They're yeah. like quarters or halves. I want yeah. like crushed. Oh, no. Like pieces. Like the Hershey Symphony bar, that one's really good because it's like a crushed peanut. It's not a, even a whole. It's just a little chunk of it. Love that candy bar. That almost made my list. That was close. Tamara? Hershey Kisses. Ah. Oh. No. Why? Why is that Out of high for everything? You? Because I like chocolate. The rest of my list is all chocolate. I mean, that's fine. I love chocolate too, but like, why is like, just a just boring so, old Hershey it's kiss? It's just so nice to like put a Hershey kiss in your mouth and just like slowly let it melt. Like, I don't chew a Hershey kiss. Okay. Whatever. Man. All right. I have. I like chocolate. Skittles. Number all right. Well, six. I have Skittles number five. I have Starburst number five. Almond Hershey's, like the bar. So you just give them almond Hershey Hershey's? Bars? Yeah, like a Hershey bar, but has almonds. Oh, the one that has all. Okay, it's milk chocolate and that has like yeah. whole almonds in it. Okay. Yes. You like that? I love that. I feel like everyone hates that. I really do. <laughs> I really think everyone hates that I don't candy. Think I've bar. ever had one of those. Yeah, they suck. That's I why. I love <laughs> like, them. <laughs> why would you want that? Um, number four. Number four, I have Reese's. Too low. I agree, way too low. I, okay, here's the thing. I like chocolate and peanut butter. The chocolate they use to there's, make Reese's. You have two things that are great. Right, right. But here's separate. the thing. The chocolate they use to make Reese's, I don't like the chocolate. Like it's it's not true milk chocolate. It's like a it's a I don't know how to explain it, but it's not like a true milk chocolate. It's the perfect blend. No, like I, the, the peanut butter slightly overpowers the chocolate, yeah, but the it's, chocolate it's is the, still there. The, the type of chocolate they use, if they used like Hershey's chocolate, I'd be good with it. But it's not Hershey's chocolate. And I, you know, it 
It would be higher if it was Hershey's that's chocolate. Fair. It really it, would be. It's preference, I just, but you're wrong. I take my chocolate seriously, and that's it's just not the right kind of chocolate. It's for preference, me. but you're wrong. My four is a uh, Haribo gummy bears. Why are gummy bears on your lists at all? I can eat gummy bears are the most boring candy. I, like ever. I can eat family size bags of those by myself. They're boring. They like just taste like gel. I like all of the flavors of the Haribo gummy bears, but they're just so hard that that's why they're not on my list. Nope. Like that's way too high. I don't give a shit. What you it's say. just wrong. Gummy bears are so boring. No. I didn't even know they had flavor to them until 30 seconds ago. They're like Jell-O. Jell-O has flavor, right, Garrett? No, they're not like Jell-O. They're not. Okay. Tamara. Almond Joy. Almond Joy. What is you with almonds? I like almonds. Two almond candies right in a row? Yes. Wrong. Three for me, Sour Patch Kids. Sticking with the number three, we got three musketeers at number three. <laughs> That's I, fair. I like I think bar. I think people kind of hate on that a little bit. Like three musketeer bars are good. You can't eat a lot of them because they're super you know, they're super sweet, but like a yeah. couple bites off of that and you're good. Like you're yeah. satisfied. Snickers. Oh God. I'm gonna segue that into my number two. Snickers. See, I think it's because I'm not a big fan of like peanuts. Nuts in general in my candy bar. No, you like nuts. Not as much as you do, <laughs> clearly. I mean, do I have... Yeah, I, I only have... Um, I have... Mounds bars don't even have nuts in them at all. Nope. Like, I don't have anything on my list that have peanuts in it or almonds or anything. Just okay. not a fan. What my, is your... my number two is Kit Kat. Break me off a piece of that fancy feast, baby. Like, let's go. I'm going to just get off that topic with my number I one. I didn't give my... Number two. Sorry. Reese's Cups. Yeah, whatever. I, like, I agree. There, It's a top five candy. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to I'm going to segue Tamara's number two into my number one. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Except the eggs. Oh, my God. Nothing yeah. beats the peanut butter eggs. I mean, any of the I will, like, all, like the Christmas trees. No, eggs beat anything. I, I will say this. I definitely, if I was just ranking like the eggs or the Christmas tree, like it would probably be number two. Because I do like that, but I got to take it as a whole. Yeah. And I'm the regular. You're still number one. The regular Reese's Cup. It, it's just, it's not, the chocolate's not as good as the three that I have in front of it for me. That's fair. What is your number one? So my number one could have been one through 10 for me. It's M&M's. I could have just ranked my top 10 M&M's and that would have been my, t- that's like the best candy ever. I, I don't even, like. Regular M&M's, brownie batter M&M's, peanut M&M's, hazelnut M&M's, pretzel M&M's, we peanut butter it. M&M's. We get it. All <laughs> M&M's. Like, there is so many types. It's, nah, it's, they're the best. The crunch ones. Didn't even, one of those made my list. Like, it's peanut the best candy. M&Ms. It's the best candy. It just is. Not. So, I, what are you, fucking old? Dude? It could have been my one through <laughs> ten. All right. I can up. eat a bag of M&M's just all day. Um. My number one is the peanut butter take five. What? Oh, what? I love what? That. Oh, it's so good. what? You know how take five? Did you guys only when you were in school have the like Gertrude Hawk boxes that you sold? Yeah. For no, candy we, bars? we no, we also had that other one that was I like did. a box of candy. Man, bar. The, there was always the box of candy bars in the office that you could go in and buy. I never like, saw anybody walk. We around never had. Yeah. The Gertrude Hawk one, we only had the ones that had like like Reese's and like those kind of things. And there was always take fives in there. And you had you had to get to your 
like the kids' boxes fast because the take fives were always gone first. People like take fives. I've never had one. I've had them. They're pretty just. Ugh. I'd ra- I'd rather eat a payday to be honest. That's <laughs> and payday sucks. That is oh, disgusting. but you don't like paydays? That's nuts, caramel, and freaking peanut butter, right? I have no idea. I just know that it's covered <laughs> you, in peanuts. You pick nothing but nuts in every single one of your candies, but you don't like a payday bar. Because I don't know why I don't... she's with you if she likes nuts so much. I mean, Jesus. Give me a random question, asshole. <laughs> All right. I've asked you this before off of the podcast. Ooh. If you had the first overall pick and had the chance to pick a kicker, that had a 100% chance of making a kick from any range. When you say do any you, range, does that mean 100 yards? Do you pick him? Does that mean 100 yards? Yep. No, I'm not taking a kicker. You're wrong. You, that's three guaranteed points every drive. You can't bring those out here and not give me one. I'm just, I'm not, I uh, hate kicking. She came in here with Reese's Cups. I need one. No, you're taking a kicker Ugh, with the number one. I hate pick. that question. From unlimited, ra- that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, okay, so I'm on the one I'll yard change line. It. I'll change it. I'll change it. 60 in. 60 and in? No, I'm not taking that. I mean, I'm not either at that point. Right. Like, that's dumb. But, okay, <laughs> nobody has a leg to nail 99 It's a yard- hypothetical. Look, no, this was stupid. a last, I'm sorry to everyone listening, this was a last minute question. I didn't have one for this week. Next week's will be better. I didn't like. Ugh, I did never lazy. found one. Find one. You. I actually see. had one, but I'm not allowed to use mine. You can't use them the two on the same day. I told Tamara I didn't have a question earlier, and you said nothing. But he wasn't down here. I said I'll find one, and then two seconds later, you're oh. like, actually, no, I All have right, one. Well, next week, Garrett will have a question for everybody because you're not doing two this week. I'm not letting you do that again. But if you have nothing, you left, asked me the kicker question yes, again. That's fine. I. You know how much I hate if that you, question. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like he he'll ask me that once every like six months he's like if you could take a kicker with this range you never miss this no hell no give me a quarterback on my quarterback seriously all right guys that's it for this episode if you guys liked make sure you rate and subscribe if you're listening on apple music share it with your friends again if you have a business you'd like to be advertised on our podcast let us know send us an email at Highly undisputed 247 at gmail.com. That's also if you have any questions for us that you would like answered. Follow us on Twitter at Highly Undisputed without the E. What do you have to say? You can't chew and talk into the microphone. I'm not chewing. Your lips were just doing the smacking sound in the microphone. Big I didn't time. hear anything. Oh, I could hear it. Oh, why did you call me out like that? I didn't hear anything. But all right, it's been another fun podcast. I still fucking hate Garrett. I'll see you guys next week.